0: Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, cross-stitching, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 98. Hello, welcome back, or welcome to you new listeners. It's, uh, it's good to be back. Grab a cup of tea or coffee or sparkling water or wine and let's settle in for a chat. I once again have this um, Harney & Sons Black Currant Tea. My daughter gave me a tin of it for Christmas. And um, they have these very high quality tea bags which have real loose leaf tea in them. And um, I blew through those so fast <laughs> that I had to buy my own. Um, so... I went to buy some more, and I ended up buying a pound of loose leaf black currant tea because it was by far the best deal, even though it did feel like a bit of a splurge. I think it would last forever, and I'm just storing it in the tin that my little tea bags came in, and um, this tea with a little splash of milk in it is just, it's so good, and I drink um, a cup in the afternoon, and I feel like that little splash of milk kind of in some ways gives it more body and fills me up, so I like... Sometimes like don't even think about getting a snack. So, what a tablespoon of milk will do in your cup of tea. So I'm really enjoying that. So you should definitely check that out if you are a tea fan. I shared this with my friend Stephanie over at Make and Decorate with Stephanie, and she agrees that it is delicious. So how's it going? Let's see. We are here coming in. Well, we're at, uh, this is being recorded on January twenty second, twenty twenty three and um, i'm coming out on the other side of all the rain in southern california it was intense it was crazy now where i live there were no issues with flooding not in my town kind of surrounding areas had some issues and there was some real flooding of strawberry fields um, near us where i live um i don't live in central california like where a lot you know like a lot of the strawberries come from but i do live in strawberry territory down here and I was reading an article yesterday about uh, how a river in Ventura overflowed its banks and just devastated a bunch of strawberry fields which is such a bummer. We start getting strawberries locally grown here in February and I just don't think that's gonna happen this year so that's that's sad but oh my gosh everything is so green even our you know we let our lawn go because of the drought we stopped watering it and it's I'm, I'm looking out the window it's, um, I don't know, 70% green. It's like it's creeping back. It's kind of amazing. Um, my husband and I went for a hike. We vowed to hike while it's green. Went for a long hike this morning, which is why I'm recording this actually a little bit late because I wasn't sure I had the energy to do it. Um, but that's one of our goals is to get out and hike like um, at least, you know, hopefully once a week um, while everything is green and beautiful so that's uh, been something that I've been looking forward to and that's kind of the 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 thing that's going through my head as I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you guys about in this intro and that is how important it is to have things that you're looking forward to as we get in here into the um sort of the depths of winter where life can be very much the same and I was thinking about you know my husband and I we are just and we are such creatures of routine you know we make dinner and do the dishes and he takes the dog for a walk and I make the coffee and then put my, I've, I've got my pajamas on by like seven thirty every night, settle in by eight o'clock with my cross stitch project and my cozy mystery uh, show to watch and stitch until 10 and go to bed and do it all over the next day. And I was thinking about like, okay, I need something to break this up. So luckily um, I've got some, some stuff coming up to, to look forward to. First of all, for some reason, um, I just all of a sudden, well, I have a pretty good uh, sort of rotation of seeing all my friends in person. Um, but so, you know, right now I've got oh, over the next month, you know, like coffee dates, a, a lunch date, a dinner date, and um, had just wine after dinner with a friend one day. And I got to tell you that all those little social engagements just really, really fill me up. So I'm, I'm very glad that I'm kind of making... Making the time, prioritizing, um, being social, because you know, after COVID, it was a little bit of a hard sell to get me back out and seeing people in person again. I can really just hole up in the house and never leave. (laughs) So that that's been good. We've got a trip to San Diego coming up um, just to go down for the day. Um, one of my kids is having a birthday, so we'll spend the day there and that's always fun. And then in February, I've got a work trip to Orlando, Florida. There will not be a Disney trip. (laughs) (laughs) On the end of that is just purely a work trip. And then um, at the end of uh, February, I'm going to QuiltCon. I'm so excited. Um, QuiltCon's in Atlanta this year, and I've got an Airbnb booked with some quilty friends. And I have not been to a QuiltCon in so many years, not since they stopped having them in Pasadena. So um, I'm so excited about that. So kind of just a, a lot of nice uh, social things on the calendar, which feels like, wow, this is kind of getting out there. This is a lot. <laughs> so I hope that you guys have something to look forward to, too. I think it's so easy to get caught in such a rut. So um, yeah, think about just extending that, that social network. There was a whole series in the New York Times recently about how important it is to have a social life. And I like you you could take a little quiz about how your social life was. And then they had all these um, articles that just came out about, you know, the importance of making, you know, dates to see friends and just just getting out and about. So anyways, with that, let's uh, head into our quilty segment. Once again, I would like to thank the Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast. They are the absolute best. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. What I wanted to talk to you today about are all of the myriad of quilt-alongs that the Fat Quarter Shop does. I don't even know how they <laughs> keep them straight, but they have so many going on to fit any kind of style or, um, you know, kind of schedule that that you would have for yourself. So there is, of course, the 2023 charity quilt-along um, to benefit uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I talked about that last time. Um, I am partaking in um, so scrappy spools. I'll talk about that a little bit more. There's a Jolly Bar 4, their new little book, Jolly Ball Volume 4. They're doing a quilt along for that, and I was so tempted to jump in on that one, and I still might. They grab different blocks from that book and turn it into one beautiful quilt. Um, there's the ongoing Socialites quilt along, and which has these blocks designed by different designers. And then, um, Kimberly Jolly does a tutorial video every week to show how to do those blocks. So if you want to, um, kind of extend your skills and and learn some good tips and tricks, nobody teaches quilting better than Kimberly Jolly. So that's the socialites. And even though they're, I don't know, on like block 12 or something, it's never too late to, to jump on board with that because those, um, instructional videos, they, uh, live forever on youtube and then of course there's the upcoming designer mystery quilt along so head over to the jolly jabber they have which is the blog for the fat quarter shop and they have a section for quilt alongs also stitch alongs and i bet you will find something inspiring to to you know jump into the reason i like quilt alongs is i just feel like it um it gives you that community it it kind of gets you into your sewing room which is good for me to go okay whatever are the blocks I need to do this week or this month um, you can share what you're doing with other people and you see um, other people doing the same quilt in different color palettes and patterns and I I feel like that is very inspirational and I learned some things about oh I really like that I wouldn't have thought to put that together Um, and, and then you see things you don't like, so it's, it's all educational. So I highly recommend, um, that you check that out. I'll put a link to the Jolly Jabber Quilts Alongs page in the show notes, so you might want to check it out. All right, let's talk quilting. I got my sewing space set up again after the holidays. I got my sewing machine out and it has been working fine. I don't know what its problem was before, Um, but uh, yeah, it is so nice to have my space set up again. So what got me back in sewing was the, I'm reaching over to get the pattern here, the Sew Scrappy Spools Quilt Along. Um, the, The quilt is designed by Lori Holt. Apparently, I think it was just a quilt that she made for fun many years ago and has sort of been meaning to write a pattern ever since. So, It's So Emma, which is the pattern arm of Fat Quarter Shop, published this great pattern. And it is, does it have page numbers on it? It's an 18-page pattern. It's just beautifully written and illustrated. And it's meant to be a scrap uh, scrap buster. And so, um, I'm joining in the first, I think you have like a month to make the first two blocks. And the first one is just a four patch and the next one is a little log cabin. I've talked about this last time that I wasn't really sure um, what I was gonna do for background or for the spool ends but turns out you put all those on at the end. So I'm just making these uh, five and a half inch blocks for now and I'll figure the rest out later. I learned a few things making this. First of all, so I went through my stash. I don't really have scraps so much because in 2020 i really again went through um my fabric and i went there I i think i had two big black garbage bags full of scraps and i donated everything all the fabric i didn't want and all the scraps to a local quilt guild who i know will put them to good use so it was just like i'm done um so i have i don't really have scraps but i do have as i've talked about many times my stash which i vow to want to use I do love those fabrics. I've culled them enough that they really are fabrics I like, and they're sorted by color. Um, and they are mostly fat quarters and smaller. So, uh, you know, for many people, that's just a scrap stash. <laughs> so I'm using those. So I went through, and I kind of pulled a palette that I liked, and I wish I'd brought it in here. But it's very, um, it's it's like navy and aqua and some red and pink. I think there's a little bit of kind of a goldy-yellow. I don't think there's any green um, so I th- that's kind of it so I guess in a way it's kind of a red white and blue plus a little yellow um, and so I, I just pulled a bunch of fabrics I had to pull out this other um, tray of fabrics that I would pulled I talked about doing um, a quilt that just with uh, low volume squares and then the corners are just different colors um, and they were all going to be blues two kinds of blues and greens I think basically so I pulled a lot of my favorites in the in the blues category out already so I had to find that and um, so I just pulled all these fabrics and then um, you know started cutting to make these blocks of which I needed like four to make just this four patch and this the the squares were three inches and then on the um, log cabin they were one and a half inch strips of, of different lengths and I learned something very quickly, and, and this is why I think I've never been a great scrap quilter, is that when you have to, if you're not really working from scraps, you need to pull this fabric, and then you do need to cut out these little fussy bits from them, right? Like, and, and it's, it's hard to make yourself, like for, let's say I'm going to make four, four patches, so I need 16 little squares of fabric, and I don't want them all to be identical. I want it to kind of be scrappy, right? So I'm cutting out... Like out of 16 different fabrics like these little three inch squares it was just like this there's got to be a better way and that's why I figured out that people like Lori Holtz and Bonnie Hunter have scrap saving systems because you don't want to go into your stash and cut these little fussy bits so I kind of realized this on the four patch block so for the um, log cabin block I just went through and pulled out a subset of all the pap- fabrics I'd pulled and cut a bunch it was actually 32 different fabrics I cut one and a half inch strips and just threw them all into a a tray and then when I went to go build my log cabins then I started cutting them down to the to the right size and that worked really well so that inspired me to then go pull out the book that I talked about before it is called scrappiness is happiness it's the Lori Holt scrap book and it's just like it's a little pricey I think it's about 35 dollars, but it is the best book And there it first of all it looks like a normal book on the front but when you open it up you see it's actually spiral bound inside but it's hidden by this cover and i like spiral bound books because they lay flat and it's got 32 patterns for scrappy quilts in it and at the beginning she talks about her scrap system and so before i cut all those one and a half inch strips i did flip through the pattern to see how many other blocks use one and a half inch units and there's a lot and so that's why i felt like okay i'm just going to cut a bunch of these and so then when i um opened up her scrappiness happiness book she talks about that her she has these um, little baskets of the sizes she uses the most And so she does strips and squares, but I think, you know, strips can easily be cut into squares. So if you just start with strips, you're in good shape. And she does them by one and a half inches, two and a half inches, three and a half inches, and then um, five inch and seven inch, which I think are more on on squares than than strips. And you'll notice that all those play together very nicely. Um, And that's why she does those sizes. And I thought, okay, this is what I need to do is I need to as I'm working through so scrappy spools start to cut a scrappy stash because there are a couple quilts in scrappiness is happiness book that I at least a couple that I would like to do um first up is this irish chain quilt that I just really like even though I have my own pattern for an irish chain (laughs) it's kind of similar I still want to make hers I love irish chain quilts they're just so simple and elegant and so um So yeah, I think that this is what I'm gonna do. So she shows a picture of how she stores her fabrics and and she just stores um, her scraps in these white um, bins and they're just from Target. So last time I was in Target, I just, I picked up five of them um, and they're not very deep. Um, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, and there's one for each of those sizes. And so I'm just going to try this system. I think that's um, having five of those baskets. I honestly don't know where I'm going to store them in my very small sewing area, but um, it's something I'm going to try. You know, I also have to admit that one time I tried cutting things into the Bonnie Hunter system, which involves like squares and bricks, you know, like rectangles. And I do think that this strip system is going to work a little bit better for me and i am so determined to use the fabric that i have and basically every quilt that i'm working on now is all fabric that i have i haven't actually bought anything besides like background fabric for for a while and and i think that's that's good for me to to use what i have so um yeah so that's what's happening so so scrappy spools oh and um after I finished those two blocks I was like oh this is so much fun (laughs) I remember how much I like sewing and so I pulled out my granny square quilt that I started last summer and did not get very far on and I know why and it's because I'm using this fat quarter bundle that I have hoarded for 10 years um it's called sweet prairie and um I just love it when I just look at it. I love all the colors. It's um, kind of these pinks and peaches and reds and some greens and yellows and grays. And um, so when you sew a, a granny square quilt, um, and it's the great granny square, it's also a Lori Holt pattern, and she does it with squares. I have sewn a granny square quilt before, and it was done with strip piecing, and that was so much easier. Um, but because Lori Holt wants you to be working from your scrap stash and not from yardage. She has every little two and a half inch square, you know, you sew them all together. Um, So it's it's a little painful, to be honest with you. But each one's like a little composition because you have a center square and then surrounding that. So let's call that fabric A. And then around that is fabric B. And it just keeps moving out. So you use, um, is it three? Let me look at it. It's, um, okay, so there's one center square. square that's different from the rest and then three other colors that build out and so every every block's a little composition sort of and um i'm just having trouble finding my my groove of the fabric combinations with this um line that i'm loving um, I, I played around with it last night and i, I think i and i'm making uh, i finished the blocks i started before I, I laid out three more um, and uh, I I usually do four blocks at a time but there are so many pieces to these that I was getting confused. (laughs) I was like I'm gonna stop at three. Um, So it's just been a little bit bit crazy there but I can see if you had a good scrappy stash that this would be a great way to to use that up. I mean it's making me want to uh, pull out my Cabin Valley quilt which is a modern log cabin. I've already made that once but I gave it away and I want another one. So I just I kind of got my mojo back and it's very exciting. So I did um and then, you know, coming up with ways to organize things kind of, uh, you know, you, when you're in there playing in your sewing room, it, uh, it kind of rejuvenates you. So I got my little scrappy stash plastic bins. And then while I was out, I went to Michael's and got three more of those, um, They're scrapbooking bins. It says on them that they're 12 by 12, but they're really 14 by 14, these little project bins, and they are such a perfect place to keep a whole project. And and I needed a few more because I got some stuff going on now, and um, so I'm feeling a little bit more organized. Speaking of which, Karen Brown of Just Get It Done Quilts um, just finished up this 21-day series on... um, Digging out of your sewing area, reorganizing your your sewing area. My friend Vicky over at My Creative Corner three did it. She's going to kind of extend it to to uh, give her something to do for the whole winter. And and I and doing my sewing room reorganizing that really wasn't on my list of things to do this year. But watching those videos kind of made me think, oh man, I really should get in here and do some things. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking about ways that I would like to. To reorganize there uh, for a while, you know, I thought I wanted to move my sewing room to um, my my daughter's old room, the room I'm recording in right now. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen because there's just really not space to do that. Plus, have uh, bedrooms ready for the kids to come and visit. Then um, we have a loft which is full of musical equipment, and my son was talking about moving his drums to the garage. So I was like, oh, I could someday that loft will be my craft space. But I got kind of excited about that, but realized. No, there's there's more than drums in that loft, and we'd have to find homes for all these things. So I'm gonna just need to make the best of the dining room for a few more years. And so there's there's not a lot of storage space. So I'm just kind of thinking about ways that I can um, streamline that, stealing bookshelves from my son's room <laughs> to see if I can um, have a little store more storage space that way. So we'll see. But it's got I've got some good you know creative energy headed that way. And so I, I'll put a link in the show notes, but Karen Brown, I mean, she's, she's so knowledgeable and she's such a pro and she's, uh, uh you know, she built this, uh, whole DIY cutting station, you know, with Ikea bookshelves. I know people have done it before. She kind of took it a different direction. And anyways, um, you know, she's a real pro. So definitely check her out. And the other thing that you should check out, speaking of quilt alongs is my friend Frances Dowell over at Quilt Fiction. She's got that new story guild site, a membership site where, um, you know, that she's, um, writing uh, quilty fiction and reading them as audiobooks. books. Um, I'll put a link. I did it last time too. I'll put a link in the show notes, but she's doing a quilt along um, that goes along with the most recent friendship album, 1934 forget me not book. And um, it's a beautiful quilt and there's different ways to join into that quilt along. You should definitely check that out. Oh, and one last thing last week I talked about um, some Aliso products. Um, the ironing board cover and the, uh, wool pressing mats. And I've really been putting those through, uh, their paces in the, in the last week here. And I cannot tell you how much I am loving those wool pressing mats and the fact that you can put them together and they stay together because they have these little rubber, um, attachments that keep them together. So uh, I talk all about that in the last episode in episode 97 um, but absolutely uh, loving those. All right let's talk about some other crafty hobbies like cross stitch. I don't have a lot to report um, although I stitch for a couple hours almost every night. Um, I'm almost done with the autumn cottage chart by Plum Street Samplers that has been so much fun to stitch. I'm stitching it on 28 count Lugana. I'm not really good at remembering the color, some kind of, you know, craft paper brown color. And it's my first experience using um, Fancy Floss, like hand-dyed floss. And that has been really fun. I love the variegation. It's very subtle, um, but I'm loving the the variegation in, uh, you know, like in places like the the roof or you know, like bigger bigger parts of it. There's this blue flower that is just beautiful, and I'm just loving the variegation in that. So um, I'll definitely be dipping my toe into that again. It you know, it is expensive. You know, I think of cross stitch in some ways as being not a super expensive hobby, but once you get into um, you know, the even weave and linen, those fabrics get more expensive and, um, you know, where floss is quite cheap, um, you know, from places like Michael, you get into the hand-dyed floss and, you know, they're like coming up on three bucks a skein. It, It adds up quickly. So, um, we'll have to just see where that goes. And when I'm done with that, I'll go back to flea market flowers, which is a really big chart by Lori Holt. And, you know, I'm realizing that, um, Despite the way all the floss tubers tend to stitch, I'm a monogamous stitcher. I just, you know, I want to get into a pattern or just maybe two and and just get it done. I just feel like I, if you just, you're switching around like every day, I just don't find that enjoyable. I'm just more like, you know, here I want, you know, it's kind of same with quilting. Like I don't mind having a couple projects on the go, but I don't want... Um, nine whips (laughs) you know I just I find that too overwhelming so I'm still enjoying cross stitching and it is such a nice thing to do in the evenings last night I like sewed after dinner I sewed for an hour and then cross stitch for an hour and so um, it's a very very nice way to spend the the evenings uh, this winter Now, knitting-wise, I've really not been knitting that much. As a matter of fact, I still have not even pulled out the wrap that I, I, my friends and I, we did uh, this knitting with our daughters one night (laughs) at this, um, we call it pub knitting, but it was really a winery. And um, it was too dark, and I know... (laughs) I know that there's at least two mistakes in it, and I need to rip that out before our next scheduled pub knitting, um, so I'm a little afraid to look at that, but I was sent two books, and I'm just going to review one today. Um, this is called Knitting Wraps in the Round, 21 Inspired Shawls, Scarves, and Stools, and it's by Andrea, hmm, it's going to be hard to pronounce, um, Brunei, maybe, B-R-A-U-N-E-I-S, or Bruneis. And, um, this is the most intriguing book. (laughs) So there's a really good introduction to explain what the situation is here. And this is, so a wrap, you know, is, you know, it's usually a, a, a big flat object. It can be rectangular, it can be triangular like that. And you, you know, it can be just like a big scarf. So how do you knit those in the round? Um, You knit it in the round with a row of steaking stitches. And if you don't know what steaking is, um, it is the technique I had only ever seen for sweaters. Um, So again, and you do this so that you can knit it in the round. So say you you knit a sweater in the round, you know, body up or whatever, and you want to turn it into a cardigan. You have these steaking stitches, which is just a series of stitches. Sometimes there's, let's just say it's five stitches um, and what you do is you cut it right down that middle stitch, that third stitch, and um, and then you can knit a, knit a button band. Just all all different ways to finish that. Of course, it's terrifying. It's terrifying to cut through something knitted because in your you're going to imagine that the whole thing unravels <laughs> immediately. That's what I see. I think it just just completely unravels. But apparently. This is not necessarily what happens. <laughs> so, the, so the reason you would want to knit these wraps and the rounds, and there's many gorgeous patterns with many gorgeous, you know, colors and stitch patterns, is that things like color work and a lot of stitch patterns, in fact, are just easier to do if you are always on the right side of the work. Um, you know, if you're especially with color work, when you're working on the wrong side and you have all those floats and stuff. It's just It can be very hard. And so she um, explains this very clearly in this book, and it explains exactly where to put these um, steak stitches, which, uh, uh, I, you know, I haven't knit one of these yet, but I, I think I'd really like to try it. Um, it looks like a lot of times there is about five stitches, and then you just cut right up, and then you still have two stitches on each side that have not come unraveled. You, you actually can hand to make sure that they do not unravel your work you do secure them with either a sewing machine or a hand stitching stitch um, so they are secure and she says that it's quite liberating <laughs> to be able to do that so you definitely check this out if this sounds intriguing to you um, like i said there are just a million gorgeous patterns. well how many there's 21 <laughs> so many beautiful patterns and different shapes um, Some of them alternate stitch patterns, some of them alternate colors, just it's beautiful. So that is knitting wraps in the round. And of course, I will put a link in the show notes. Let's talk about books. Because I was a good girl and am podcasting just a mere two weeks later, I don't have as much to talk about. Um, I reread a book as my evening, I'm about to fall asleep read um, just because I needed something very comforting and easy to read to get me to sleep these days. And, um, it's called Vanishing Type by Ellery Adams. I've talked about this series before. The series is called The Secret Book and Scone Society, and it's a delightful, uh, I want to call it a little bit magical realism, but very light on the magical, (laughs) it's sort of suggested. Um, and there's, it's, it's, it's a whole series about this little town called Miracle Springs, and most of it takes place, um, the, the main character is this woman, Nora, who owns a bookstore, and um, it just sounds like the most delightful place I can picture it so perfectly in my head. Um, it's a bookstore and coffee place, and she is friends with a woman who owns a bakery and another one that owns owns a beauty parlor and another one that works at a spa and they um are just this group of it's just a great story of women's friendships but of course they always get involved in solving some sort of a mystery uh, involving a murder of course because it's me of course it's a murder mystery um but they are delightful Um, i'm i'm looking forward to the next one coming out which will not be until april and, um, but I just, Vanishing Type is the last one in the series. Um, so I may just, I don't know, they're, they're so fun to read. So I may go back and do that. You know, I do love my little cozy series. Um, I've talked before about the Notorious series, which is about a woman who owns a knitting store and um, kind of gets involved. Um, I think that these this ones by Ellery Adams are a little bit better written. And then um, recently I've talked about the Stitches in Crime um, series on, on this podcast as well. So those are just, you know, they're inexpensive and they're easy reads. And if you're like me and you kind of need something pretty light to put you to sleep at night, there you are. That's your ticket. On the other end of the spectrum, I am still, uh, I'm listening to, the, I, this started out as my reading book and has become my audio book, is Anna Karenina. And um, Francis Dow and I are both reading this. We've yet to really discuss it, but we kind of challenged each other to read it. And I think I talked about this last week. It's I'm, I got it um, because I'm a member of PRIME. You can just sort of borrow it for free, the Prime, the Amazon from the Amazon Classic series. So you can get it as an audiobook and, you know, an ebook. And it's got the whisper sync so you can read it. And then when you pick up the audiobook, it'll pick up where you left off and vice versa. And I'm still just um, enjoying it very much. It's just, it's so darn long. What, um, I think it was, it's like 39 hours. <laughs> as an audiobook. I do have it turned up to 1.25 speed. Um, it's very long, but it's not at all hard to follow. Um, you know, I just, I guess I had this fear about these old Russian classics that would be so hard to follow. So, um, I'm enjoying that. And then, um, I had also gotten uh, from Libby, uh, Atomic Habits, you know, it's always a good book, Atomic Habits by James Clear, just always good to just remind yourself of all the good ways to um, instill good habits here at the beginning of the new year, so nothing, uh, I think I might have talked about all three of those (laughs) last time, so I apologize for that. Um, On the TV show side, I think I had mentioned that I got Brit Box for two months through Amazon Prime for $1.99 a month. And what a steal that was. That is, I have, as I mentioned last time, the only place you can watch Shetland anymore. So I had no idea. It's been so many years since i had watched Shetland, which is a mystery series in the Shetland Islands um, based on a series of books by Anne Cleaves. And I, I did a little diving into some things. In one of the episodes... Uh, Jimmy Perez, the main character, talks about come, um being from Fair Isle, and there is a murder on Fair Isle, um, and his parents still live there. So he goes to Fair Isle, and his dad picks him up and says, "We haven't had, um, you know, like a murder in in Fair Isle in seventy years." And I was like, "How many people live on Fair Isle? Sixty. Sixty people live on Fair Isle. <laughs> in the show, they say seventy. Right now, sixty people. Can you imagine living?" on an island with only 60 people seems it's like crazy um i also um, i'm like why are they always wearing jackets like how cold is it here so i found out that there is a gulf stream thing so it doesn't get as cold like i don't think it ever snows there um and there's so yeah there's a gulf stream situation that that keeps it from getting so frigid because it is very far north it's you know so close to to norway um, But basically, according to my research, the lows are, oh, now I'm already forgetting. Maybe the lows are like 25 degrees and the highs in the summer are like 35 degrees. So in the summer, it's 35 degrees. I mean, I cannot even imagine living somewhere so cold. So, so those are my things. It's beautiful. It's a little bit on the desolate side in some ways. Um, but anyways, so love loving the show. I didn't, had no idea where I stopped watching the show. So I, there's seven seasons. I started on season four. Clearly something happened in season three that I was like, you know, would have been good if I'd known about. I kind of put it together, but went, every season's just like six episodes. So Got right through it all. Season six is the biggest roller coaster ride of your life. <laughs> and then uh, season seven uh, left it a little bit weird, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I wasn't done with Shetland, so I wrapped around, started at season one again, <laughs> and I've now finished it. So I've watched all seven seasons since last I talked to you. <laughs> um, and then moved on to Vera, who, which is another um, show that is based on an, um, a series of Anne Cleves books. But I kind of abandoned that because Shetland's a little bit dark. So it's not, it's no Midsummer Murders, if you know what I mean, um, which is a, a little more lighthearted on the murder side. Um, Shetland can be a little bit intense and dark. And so was Vera. And I was like, I, I'm kind of... Uh, done with that I need something a little bit lighter right now also I started to sew and when I'm cross stitching I can I can track what's happening with the murder mysteries when I'm sewing not so much um and so then I found another show I was just kind of flipping around Britbox as long as I've got it and I found another show called Murder in Provence um, you know, I do love everything to do with France, so that seemed good. I've only watched one episode and it was fun. I enjoyed it. What was a little bit weird is, it's obviously take, it's in France, it's in Provence. Everybody seems to have a British accent but French names. So I think we're supposed to be pretending that these people in real life would be speaking French. Like, I think they're supposed to all be be French, but c- very clearly everybody <laughs> is British. Reminds me of on Star Trek Next Generation, um, Patrick Stewart, Jean-Luc Picard, right? He's supposed to be French and he clearly has a very British accent. So any accent is a good substitution for any other accents they're just foreign (laughs) which is crazy so anyways um so that was kind of fun so those have been my uh my the shows I watch while I'm stitching um my husband and I um usually watch like you know one episode of a show per night and we did the new Jack Ryan series which is on Amazon with John Krasinski he is so good in that role um I'm so glad that he moved beyond Jim from the office. (laughs) Um, The funny thing, so this was season three. We'd watched the other ones, very much enjoyed those. He's a CIA analyst um, and just, uh, and field officer. And he just gets himself and all these kind of things. It was funny since we just recently watched a James Bond. In in some ways, it's it's a a little bit like a James James Bond in that it's like, you know, these these thrillers type things where, you know, he's just... You know, escaping, and he's all over the world, and um, you know he's killing people and slinking out the back, kind of a thing. The the difference between Jack Ryan and James Bond is that Jack Ryan looks scared (laughs) sometimes. He actually looks like how we would be reacting in the situation, instead of the whole suave James Bond thing. I gotta say though that the whole storyline of the season three of Jack Ryan was so confusing my husband and I and you know like we're no slouches but we're just like constantly stopping going okay like who is that and what is happening here and um we're just constantly trying to explain it to each other so that we are tracking the the whole story so that was kind of funny and I kept saying I feel like as soon as we're done with this show we need to start it all over so that we really understand it (laughs) after we know how it ends um but but that was quite a fun ride um, and then we went back to Peaky Blinders cause we're not sure what else to watch. Peaky Blinders is a Netflix show. Um, oh, well, I guess I didn't you. T- Jack Ryan is, it's, uh, based on a story, you know, a character from Tom Clancy. So it's all very Cold War stuff. Um, you know, stuff with Russia and then Peaky Blinders is in like Birmingham, England, um, in the, like the 1920s and basically the Peaky Blinders are a mob. It's a whole organized crime story. It's a very compelling story. My main problem with it is that it's very violent and gory and um, a little too much sex. You see a little too much. Um, so we kind of gave it up after season two and but now we're back on it and um, it's it's a very good story but if you know it's kind of like Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones, if I could just tone things down a little bit, I would enjoy it so much more. But we're only back to that because we live in this world of streaming services. So there's a number of shows that we would like to get back to. Um, Yellowstone, 1883, um, Picard, Discovery, Strange New Worlds, um, like I, you know, just like there's, there's, you know, so some of them are on Paramount. Oh, you know, Ted Lasso, all this stuff's on Apple. um So, what we need to figure out is who's got has new seasons coming out and when are they over, because um, so that we can just, you know, watch all of them and not have to wait for them to come out week after week. But this, this whole streaming service thing is so confusing. We start them and stop them because we're not going to pay for all of them at once. So right now we just have Netflix. Um, but i i don't know need to go back to i think hbo there's a few things there i want to watch but um it's just so confusing i just i'm not enjoying i enjoy not having a 100 dollar cable bill but it's very confusing keeping track of all of this so there rant over all right let's uh, head into our final segment here i wasn't sure what i was going to talk about so i i last episode I talked about my three big goals for the year and how this has been um, you know this worked for me last year to have these three big goals. And um, so one of them is um, kind of as I call prepping is really getting my garage and it turned into an extended pantry. And part of that was a doing a big garage cleanout which um, my husband was totally on board for. So that has been very nice. And that project um, has been going really well. I might've talked about last time that we bought these three kind of 48 by 48 inch kind of hanging platforms that hang from the garage ceiling for storage. And all the Christmas stuff is up there. What it's enabled us to do is get stuff up off the floor. I mean, we got rid of a lot of stuff. I made a big trip to Goodwill, Um, Just yesterday, my husband and I divided and conquered and I had made appointments um, with the different, with our city for getting rid of hazardous waste and e-waste and Goodwill. And so like lots of things have gone out and, you know, lots of trash, things like that. So that really helped. Um. And we just, we got things off the floor to the point where the only thing left to deal with is this uh, weight bench that my husband has probably had for 35 years. And I do want to, um, I don't want to get rid of all the weights because I need to be doing weight training exercises, um, which good news, I just had my latest bone scan and my bone density is up. You know, i am always, if you're new here, I'm because um, of a breast cancer diagnosis in my 30s and having I have a breast, the breast cancer gene, I had my ovaries out, went into menopause at 37, put me at this huge risk, to, risk of osteoporosis, which I, you know, is now coming home to roost for me. Um, so I don't want to get rid of the weights, but the weight bench is just not part of how I'm using it. And we figured if nobody used that weight bench during the pandemic, <laughs> then it's never going to happen. <laughs> that was the time to, to, to use it. So I need to Give that away. Um, that's the other way we got rid of all kinds of things is Facebook Marketplace, um, the Buy Nothing group in, uh, in our city on Facebook, and um, and then just the Buy Sell Trade groups. And um, that's been really nice. And we, we sold these little woodworking pieces of equipment. And I felt so good about both the people that I sold those to. Like, you know, we took a fraction of what they were worth, but they were so happy and they're going to use them. And so just so much space. I love empty spaces. I'm getting older. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I love cozy. And every time right now I walk by my total mess of a sewing table, I smile and just go, look at that. Look at the stuff I'm making. So I love a good creative mess. But, um, you know, empty closets, empty garages. These are also (laughs) things that make me very happy. So we just need to handle this one thing of getting rid of that weight bench and then figuring out which weights we want to keep. And I I feel like part of me wants to just get rid of all of those and buy those kinds of weights, kind of hand weights that you can kind of turn a little dial and they can be five pounds, eight pounds, 10 pounds, 15 pounds. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, But I thought we were going to get to that this weekend, but I think the hike knocked the (laughs) will. to clean that out out of us so um but yeah that is and it's a really good place and I've really reorganized things and I'm able to um now just as we're going to Costco and things like that I'm just continuing to build this extensive extended pantry of the things that we are um any kind of canned good or rice or things like that anything that we use now I just buy more of and um Costco's a great place to do that. I have the whole, any tomato-based product from Costco that you could possibly want, <laughs> I have in my pantry. And every time I go out there and it's so much more w- well-organized now, I just think, okay, like, you know, you're, you're on your way here. And um, I, I need to get back to reading my book called Survival Mom and, and actually making a list of if we lost power, what, what are the dishes... What are the meals that I really could make from my extended pantry to make sure that I actually have all the components of it? Um, And so, and also, you know, I think that's good to have because if you're in a situation where it's flooded or wildfire or for whatever reason you are in an emergency situation, you might not be thinking as creatively as possible. So to have a list of like, these are, here are six dinners that we can make from stuff that is already in, you know we have. So, so that's cool. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Um, the other one of my other projects is figuring out what I want to do with these kids room. And that's been at this point, a little bit more of a mental project. Um, I'm kind of just wondering, (laughs) thinking about, um, I'm kind of looking at furniture and, um, just kind of imagining what I need to get rid of. Um, this is the room I'm recording in and I have this white iron day bed that my mom, who loved furniture, she also she gave me this white iron daybed as um, my high school graduation present. Um, It broke my heart a little bit when my parents told me you cannot go to a four year university right out of high school, you need to go to community college, because that's what we can afford. But as part of that deal, um, uh, we completely redid my bedroom and part of it was this day bed, and we did this whole wallpaper situation that was beautiful, and, um, so I have been carrying around this day bed for my, uh, you know, since, since I was 18, and, um, so it was, um, you know, my, my bed when I w- was single, and then, and it makes into, um, it, it's made out right now, it basically makes into a king-size bed, because it's got a trundle that you can store underneath, and, um, it was my daughter's bed, you know, for her whole life. And, um, it's very squeaky. <laughs> I mean, It still looks really good, but it's very squeaky. And I think it's time for me to let it go. I mean, I, in some ways it's like, it's a good guest room bed, but it's not because we need it to be, we need a, a queen size bed in here. So I think we need, you know, we're going to get rid of this, which is a little bit heartbreaking for me, but I think I'm ready to let it go. And then my daughter's, um, just, you know, a dresser and and mirror. This everything was white. All the furniture was white in this room. And I think I'm going to have to let that go too cuz I don't think I want to fill this room with white furniture. So, a lot of these it's just, you know, some letting go is is uh, a little bit hard. So, trying to kind of just and I think sometimes, you know, when I delay decisions, but I'm thinking about them they, the, the answers come to you, you know, as you go. So, um, before I, I, I wrap this up and speaking of letting go, um, as you know, my, my friend Frances Dale and I, we do this, um, po- this blog called the Empty Nest Chronicles. And once a month we're doing a podcast, which appears in this feed. And I hope that's okay with you guys. <laughs> Let me know if that's a real downer. Um, it just, we kind of wanted to see how that podcast was going to go before we spun it off into its own feed because, that costs real money, to be honest with you. And, um, but we talked about, and the, so th- there's there's a, bl- there's a blog post component of that, and there is a podcast component of the Empty Nest Chronicles. And on the blog, we talked recently about um, things we wanted to let go in the new year. We talked also about the things we're doing, but the next one, next post, we talked about the things we wanted to let go, which I think, I just wanted to mention, because I think that's kind of a... An amazing way to think about a new year instead of always just piling on let's talk about the things that you can just let go and then the last um, podcast episode we talked about journaling and that you know as we you know transition into this emptiness life this is kind of still you know like all the good stuff's not over this is a good time to start um, working stuff out and keeping a record of our days so you might want to check that out With that, um, let me just close by saying that you, of course, can find me online at my blog, The Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram at Kristen Esser, and please consider joining The Simple Handmade Every Day Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation going. Have a wonderful week.